Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lisa H., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Tennessee. Today is Friday, October the 29th, 2021, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. Today we're reading from the Big Book, and we are in the chapter Working with Others on page 95. We're reading and commenting on the third paragraph that begins, if he is sincerely interested. Today's readers, and thank you for your service in October, for the 12 Steps, Barb W., the 12 Traditions, Annette M., readers of the text, Nancy T., Sam S., Katie G., and our newcomer greeter is Silvana G., and the host for our second hour is Leslie M. And again, thank you for uh, Team Friday and your service in October. The share IDs for yesterday, October 28, 2021, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 17,995. That's 17995. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 17,997. That's 17997. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Barb W. to please read the 12 steps. Thank you so much for your service and for allowing me to serve. Barb W. gratefully recovered in Illinois. 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made, a direct, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, 
having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. We tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Have a great meeting. Thank you, Barb W. And I will now ask Annette M. to please read the 12 traditions. Hi, this is Annette M. from Toronto. Tradition one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeater Anonymous should remove forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeater Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media communication. 12. Anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you, Annette M. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph. Lisa, you're, you're, we can't hear you. Okay, thank you for that. Somehow I was muted. So let me begin by how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book 
on page 95. We are reading and commenting on the third paragraph that begins, if he is sincerely interested. And I will ask Nancy T. to please begin reading. Thank you, Lisa. Can I be heard? Yes. Great. Thank you. Um, good morning, everybody. Nancy T., Recovered Compulsive Reader in Lewiston, Idaho. If he is sincerely interested and wants to see you again, ask him to read this book in the interval. After doing that, he must decide for himself whether he wants to go on. He should not be pushed or prodded by you, his wife, or his friends. If he is to find God, the desire must come from within. Um, well said. You know, I can I put a lot of um, definition into sincerely interested. So, you know, what does that really mean? If I'm talking about meeting with a person for a second time, usually we have already talked about, um, I've shared a little bit about my history with food and, and what I did. Um, I've gotten them to talk a little bit about their history with food. Um, if they're still interested, we talk about um, red light foods. What are your trigger foods? We make sure if they say, okay, you know, I want to do this, then we make sure that they have a food plan. If they don't have a nutritionist yet, then generally we'll look at the Dignity of Choice um, pamphlet and try to pick something that they can work with until they can talk with a professional. And they're wanting to go on. That means they want to talk again. So in that sincerely interested, there has to be some willingness because I've already explained how I sponsor. So that entails that they do some work on their part. It's going to require action on their part. I love that it says that they shouldn't be pushed or prodded. I can't convince anybody that they're the real compulsive reader. I can't talk anybody into wanting this program. That has to come from within. And um, so if they're willing, that involves reading the book, obviously. Part of my assignments involves some reading in the um, big book as well as listening to one or two podcasts. And that way, if they've done that, when we talk, we can talk specifically about what the instructions in that particular step or that particular chapter are asking the newcomer to do. And then we talk about that. And then when we finished with that particular step, we'll, we'll move on to the next one. But the last sentence particularly, if he is to find God, so the purpose of working through the steps is to have a spiritual experience. Because we're spiritual beings and somehow we've lost connection to our power. And we've let self and all kinds of other character defects get in the way and block us. So the purpose of the step is to unblock that connection that we've lost and reconnect. So they're going to understand it's a spiritual program and that they need a higher power, that they can't do this themselves. And most of us, if we are sincerely interested, there's also some desperation um, in that definition, and we've tried everything to do it ourselves and failed miserably. At least that's my experience. And so, you know, they're not only desperate, but they're willing to do some work, which involves reading the book. And um, then they understand that the purpose is to find a relationship with God that can solve their problems that they haven't been able to do on their own. And again, I can't talk them into it. That has to come from within. So thank you for allowing me to be of service. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy T., for getting us started. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. 
So if you've shared on any of our um, meetings on Tuesday, uh, yeah, Wednesday or Thursday, if you'll hold back and let others share. And who would like to share on that, um, what Nancy read, the third paragraph, Katie. page 95? Oh, sorry, Lisa. <laughs> no, go ahead, Katie. Katie I got from Boston. I'm sorry. Good. <laughs> Reva P. Reva P. Sam S. Sam Anne-Marie L. Anne-Marie L. Anybody else? Okay, if you're not KDG, if you'll press star one to mute, and I have KDG, Reva P, Sam S, and Anne-Marie L. KDG, please share with us. Hey, Lisa, good morning. Wow, um, great paragraph. You know, I spent my life looking for somebody to give me an answer. And I wanted the, I thought that the answer would be, getting to a thin body and then I would ride off into the sunset um, with rainbows and ponies um, and my husband and I would be perfect. Um, you know, I think that my best uh, motivation, the motivation that came from the desire within um, is pain. Um, I'm not particularly a motivated person until I'm in a lot of pain. And what I love about this chapter is that when I first started sponsoring, um, there's a lot of noise on that line. When I first started sponsoring, um, I really was a crusader. And it, it wasn't, um, it was coming from a place of fear, right? Because I was afraid that if you didn't do what I was telling you to do, that somehow I was wrong. And what's so amazing about this book is I'm not here to lecture you about how you, how I shouldn't lecture you, right? Like I'm not here to tell you how to sponsor. I'm here to follow the book. I'm here to let you know that I used to suffer from compulsive eating, from anorexia, from bulimia, and that I don't for these 24 hours as a recovered woman. I don't, I don't want um, extra food. I don't want extra exercise. I don't, I don't want to be engaged in any of those behaviors, and I'm not. And today, um, you know, the other thing, when I am talking with people, I don't shy away from the concept of God. I, I'm a ticker tape parade for God. I mean, I'm alive today because of God, because of the power and the restorative healing of God. And the only way, reason I am here to carry a message is because of God. And the whole book, our instructions are on how to get to God. You know, but I did, when I first came into the rooms, I came in because I wanted my weight to stop looking like an EKG, right? But the way I found a sponsor was I just, there was, there's this place, right? There's this place in my, in my soul that knows that it knows that it knows. Like when I hear your voice, I'm like, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm willing. And I went from, yeah, but this is how you're going to sponsor me. This is how you're going to teach me to yes, ma'am. And today, like, I still need to have that, right? So, like, when a sponsor proposes, well, what if you aren't all or nothing? What if you text me and try and do that? And I'm like, no, that's a terrible idea. Well, God, please enable me to set aside everything I think I know. Why? 
because I'm not in OA because I want to round my life with a, out with a little bit of Overeaters Anonymous. I'm in OA because I'm desperate, dying, and doomed. And if I don't follow these instructions precisely, specifically, um, I'm going to die. So I'm just grateful to have my seat today. I'm grateful to have instructions, and I'm grateful I don't have to be right today. I do have to follow instructions. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. And Reva P., you're up, followed by Sam S. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. Um, I'm noticing all the ifs, which reminds me not to rush in. Um, And there are conditions before I um, help somebody um, or know how to be helpful. But what strikes me the most are the musts. And the last line, that if I am to find God, the desire must come from within. And this um, reminds me so much to be grateful for my first sponsor and for all the fellows who were around at the beginning. Nobody, nobody like forced me, uh, pushed me, prodded me um, about the food about the steps, about any of this. And thank God, because I would have just walked in the opposite direction and left. Um, And to this day, um, you know, my sponsor and I will joke, like often I'll say, I don't want to do that. And she'll say, well, you don't have to, um, but you can also stay being miserable. Um, And we are sort of light about it. Like nobody can make me do anything unless I have hit bottom. The food, as others have shared, was the great persuader. And the objectionableness, the discomfort of defects and the pain that they cause are the greatest persuader. I don't need anybody to persuade, persuade and crusade. Um, and this, the desire must come from within also reminds me it didn't matter the externals. It didn't matter how much weight I had gained or how much weight I had lost. It didn't matter what was going on in my life, if things were working well or things were not working well. That's not what got me to have the desire. It wasn't within. It was that inner desperation, that inner spiritual bottom where I just couldn't go on like that anymore. And it's like that with the food. It was like that. And it's like that with me when it comes to um, doing what I need to do in terms of defects and having God remove them. Nobody can give me willingness. Nobody can give me motivation. Nobody can help me get to the bottom. (laughs) It's just a process. And that's God's job. Um, And then others can, you know, guide me on this path. Um, give me suggestions, um, but it comes from within, and it's within that the healing happens as well. This is an inside job. It's irrelevant what's going on on the outside. I have been peaceful with very chaotic, difficult, challenging conditions, and I have been crazy in the disease when life supposedly was going well. So I love this paragraph, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Reva P. And Sam S., you're up, followed by Anne-Marie L. Good morning, Lisa. Thanks for leading. I'm Sam S. I'm a recovered compulsive eater from Bristol, Rhode Island. Um, you know, the, the idea of 
an interval, like a pause really kind of scares me because I just always learn like you want something, do it now. Now is better. Don't wait until tomorrow. And, um, and this is really asking for, you know, the pause to wait when, um, work, when talking to someone that you, that I might potentially sponsor. And I know for me, I had, um, I had the invitation to pause. I had a few invitations, you know, before, um, working with my teacher to really bail, uh, um, if I should want to, there was no pressure and there was no, um, the sense of urgency had to come from me of saying, okay, what do I do? Help me because I was in so much pain and I was so miserable that it didn't, it really didn't matter if the feedback was, um, if the feedback seemed really crazy. Um, so I just really like the paragraph. I really like the, uh, you know, the invitation to kind of surrender. And also um, I would say that when I read about the desire from God, I didn't know that what I wanted was God or that, or that's what I desired. I just, I just wanted the pain to stop. And so um, I did whatever I was asked to, and I'm really grateful. I didn't, I didn't know. And, um, and this process works. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sam S. And Anne-Marie L., you're up. Good morning. Thank you. Um, I, I think most people already have spoke covered what I was sort of sort of in my my heart, but um, it's my first time speaking, so I won't be too <laughs> too nervous. But I think my my own my personal experience with this is I was in these rooms many many years, not necessarily vision, but in a way. And um, I remember in the beginning people talking about God and a higher power and just bristling at that um, really for like the first decade. I just thought, oh, that's, that's bogus. You know, it's, I'm, I'm not going to do that part of the program. And uh, I just was there for, for the food plan, basically, and the support. And then um, eventually the pain, not just of the eating, but the pain of life really uh, pushed me to a place I'd never been before. Uh, and, and I just would wish I would die between the way I just reacted to, to the world, to life, um, the way I reacted to um, to whatever was going on in my life, because it was always every, everything else going on, doing it to me, you know, like, and then, um, and then, uh, honestly, uh, several months ago, I started working with a particular sponsor, and I think I, partially I was ready, but it was the message that she was bringing, and I really, um, I had already started to, you know, develop a relationship with God, but it was sort of a flyby God. And I, um, I really developed a strong relationship with God. And, and guess what? <laughs> My life has turned around. And I, that's what I share with somebody. I will say, this is where I was. Um, this is where I am now. And it's because of God. But I don't, I don't force that on them. I, I will say to that person, you've got to get there yourself. And for me, it was the pain, not even so much of the food, but, but what life was happening. And food was just a symptom right of that so um, I just I wanted to change I wanted that spiritual awakening and it happened for me but it took a long time because I had to do the work and I had to um, really develop this day-to-day relationship with God that I never had before and what and then and then I also sort of leave with and guess what if your if your sponsor goes back out you still have God you know you because in the past I had would have a sponsor I might be humming along 
But if they, they picked up or they went out or they didn't want to sponsor anymore, I, I used that. I was happy because then I didn't have to do any work for a while, and then I would pick up again. So that's been my experience, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Anne-Marie L. Um, we are reading on page 95 in the chapter, Working with Others, and reading and commenting on the third paragraph that begins, if he is sincerely interested. And who else would like to share this morning? This is Larry Case. I have Larry K. Somebody H? Jill Hope H. Jill, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay, then I missed the next person. Hope B. Hope B, thank you. KDF. KDF. Anybody else? Lots of space. Robin P. Robin. P. P. Thank you, Robin. One more. Okay. I have Larry K, Jill H, Hope B, KDF, and Robin P. Larry, please share with us. Good morning. Good morning, Larry K, Recovered Compulsive Reader from Chicago. Thanks so much for, for being in the meeting. Um, boy, in this paragraph, it talks about, uh, ask him to read this book. I want to focus on the book. You know, it, it, in, the, uh, in the forward to the first edition, it talks about a few lines down from the top. It talks about showing, to show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of the, this book. It's the very reason it was written. You know, when I, the first time I did, I was asked to do a, a big book workshop um, quite a few years ago. And man, I had, you ever see Carrot Top, the comedian? He's, he's known for props. <laughs> no offense to Carrot Top, but he's known for props. He's, he comes on stage, he's got all these props. The first big book workshop I ever did in Milwaukee, um, I had props, boy. I was coming with props. I had some of the literature. I tie. oh, did I have notes? All that's necessary is the book. I don't need props today. I'm, I'm going next week. Um, I'm surprised we're getting back to face-to-face -face, uh, big book workshops, which is a beautiful thing, but going to Dallas um, the end of next week. Today I bring, if I, I, I'm lucky if I remember my underwear, honest to God, I, I forget clothes, I forget things, but the only thing I bring that's necessary is the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. That's it. I learned that from my sponsor. I'm not sure what he brings. I think it's the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. That's all that's necessary for me to get well and to stay well. I don't need any props. We can give someone the book and if they're willing, to form a workable relationship with a higher power of their own understanding. That's all the instructions they need to get well and to stay well. That's why we revisit this book over and over again on Vision for You. We go back, we start over, we read a paragraph or two, we study, we study, we study. I need that repetition. I don't need any props. I don't need any special techniques or secrets. There is no secret. The answers are in the book. I keep going back to the book. I discern and uncover new things. That's what we give to a person. Now, if they're not willing to read the book, if they're not, that's okay. I don't, I'm not, not here to convince anyone. I just know for me, that was the only thing that enabled me to get and stay well. So 
I'm so grateful that we, we remember the importance of this book. It's not more important than my relationship with my higher power, but it's what leads me, the words that come off the pages lead me into that relationship with this higher power. It's the same 90-some years ago. It's the same today. Thank you. With that, I pass. Thank you, Larry Kay. And Jill H., you're up, followed by Hope B. Hi, uh, Jill um, from New Jersey. Sorry. Um, I am, uh, it reminds me of as a sponsor when um, someone decides not to continue. And uh, I've always been told not to take it personally. And uh, I still have feelings about it. I'm sad because um, the connection at this point um, is, uh, you know, we've chatted and we've, we have some sort of relationship, but um, I, can't, I can't make them continue. And um, knowing that they are still interested um, does make me happy. So I know as a person and a sponsor, I know uh, we're supposed to... Um, just uh, be there for them, whether they are willing or not. But I do know that um, it does, uh, you know, it says he should not be pushed or prodded by you, his wife, or his friends. Um, and uh, even though sometimes when they, you know, they choose not to, I want to call them back and go, come on, we can do this. And, you know, I'm a cheerleader, but I can't make them do anything. And it also reminds me on the other end of things as a sponsee, um, when, uh, when I first came in, um, 16, 15 years ago and, um, the sponsor wouldn't say what I wanted them to say, because I think I was not really ready and it wasn't coming from within, um, the sponsor wouldn't say, uh, what I wanted or we would be working together. And I would say, no, I really, I really, um, I don't know if I could do that. Um, and then I would find another sponsor and I, and, and really I kept going, and moving on, but really, until I found it from within, um, it didn't really matter um, what sponsor I was really working with because um, it is about my program, and that's something that over time I've really learned that um, it's uh, it's just it's just about me and my relationship with God that um, allows me to uh, continue one day at a time. Uh, thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you, Jill H. And Hope B, you're up, followed by KDF. Hi, I'm Hope B I'm from California. Um, what I got from this paragraph, um, I was I was thinking about when I was um, I got my first sponsor. You know, she would say something like, "This is your program." You know, you you do what you need to do for your program. Um, and I just recently became a sponsor myself. Um, what happened was um, I had decided that it was, I was ready. I'd been in the program for five years and I was ready. And what happened, I was at a convention this weekend and I met a woman um, and we talked and she asked me to sponsor her. You know, it's like the day before I was talking to my sponsor and I said, I'm ready to sponsor people. And she, she said, okay, um, go ahead. Um, 
And so I met a woman at a convention and, and she asked me to sponsor her the next day. And so I'm sponsoring. So I, I said to her the same thing that my old, my old sponsor said to me, um, this is your program. You run it the way that you run it. Um, this woman is on fire. She, um, she's just really motivated and, and um, I'm just really impressed with her. It's, um, but I'm, I'm just letting her run her program and I'm just there as her support. And, uh, and that's what I have to be. I, I, I can't prod her or, or try and lead her in any way. You know, this is her program and I want it to be that. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Hope B. And Katie F., you're up, followed by Robin P. Good morning. I'm Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. And, you know, this paragraph is the whole thing. I could just reread the whole thing and say, yes, I relate to all of it. Um, But I'll focus on if he is to find God, the desire must come from within. And so I can't see that. I can't see what is going on internally in anybody, you know, even myself at times, you know, I think I'm, what comes out of my mouth is one thing. And then later I'm like, why did I say that? That's not what I'm, that's not really how I feel. That's not what God's telling me to do. So if I can't control myself in every moment of every day, how do I think I can control someone else? And how do I think I can judge what's really going on in someone's heart and mind? And my job is to carry this message, to tell them exactly what I've done, exactly what I still do on a daily basis. You know, I don't, um, I don't tell people, well, I lost 70 pounds by doing X, Y, and Z, but now I do A, B, and C. No, I do the exact same thing today that I did when I lost 70 pounds 34 years ago. And, you know, my food's different because I've gone to, you know, several nutritionists. I've grown and changed in different ways. You know, I've aged and, you know, all these different things have happened to me physically. But spiritually, my desire is still to connect with God. And that is what I have to focus on when I'm speaking to someone, but I can't, but I also can't say it in this huge, you know, overbearing way of you got to find God, you got to find God, you got to find God. Because when someone walks in these rooms, they want to lose weight, you know, that's just the reality. And so they may say anything to get me to agree to sponsor them. They may say, you know, I just don't know. And, you know, I can't judge that. I have to share my message with whoever wants to hear it and whoever calls me. You know, I can't be the one to, to um, hunt people down and say, I hear you're in relapse. Let me help you. Let me help you. You know, I, I don't know what someone needs to find God, but I can tell them my experience and can tell them what works for me and I can pray for them. So I'm really grateful that we have these instructions that are so clear that don't tell us, you know, you have to do it this certain way. And, you know, as it will say in the next, um, I don't know, maybe it already said it. Anyway, where it says about the monopoly on God, you know, we don't have a monopoly on the one way to connect with your higher power. But we do know that that is the only thing that is going to work for us long term is a daily connection with our higher power 
And that's what we encourage others to do. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, KDF. And Robin P., you're up. Hi, thanks so much for your service. Hi, this is Robin P. I'm a very grateful recovered compulsive overeater in Costa Rica. And um, I, I'm so grateful. You know, five and a half years ago, my first sponsor said to me, are you willing to go to any lengths to recover? And I said wholeheartedly, yes. And I ask that same question of people I sponsor now. And, um, and if he is to find God, the desire must come from within. You know, no one else could give me that gift of desperation. I, you know, when, and I ask people now, and some people, uh, I'll ask them to take a day and pray about it, and I'll pray if I'm supposed to work with them. And, you know, sometimes to my surprise, people come back and they go, you know what, I realize I'm not ready. And I, I think, wow, well, the best thing would just pray to hit bottom. And then the people who are ready, it's such a blessing. It, it's so inspiring to me. I'm working with a newcomer right now. Just she really, one day at a time, she inspires me. But I also know that I'm powerless over people, places, and things. And I am not powerful over her recovery. It's going to come from God. And with her relationship with God, I am literally, I can carry the message. I cannot carry the person. And I'm so grateful that I know that today. And um, and then, it, you know, I carried the same message. And for some people, when they're ready, it's a beautiful thing. When they're not ready, you know, they just get to wait till they are ready. So God bless everybody with a really blessed abstinent day. Thanks so much. I pass. Thank you, Robin P. Um, and we are in the chapter of Working with Others, page 95. We're reading and sharing on the third paragraph, if he is sincerely interested. And who else would like to share this morning? Karen Kay. Karen Kay. Kathy J. Kathy J. Okay, Vasa. I have oh Vasa. I'm going to add you on there. Karen K, Kathy J, and Vasa O. Uh, Karen K, please share with us. Good morning, and thank you for your service. My name is Karen. Well, it's really Karen P, but I'm just going to keep it Karen K. I got married on the 16th. Um, from Syracuse, New York, and my credit zone transfer. The more I use the book, the more I share the big book and more God reveals. And the more I see that I do not have the credentials, no matter how many letters I have after my name, or if I were a rabbi, a priest, or whatever, God is running the show. And what I need to know is, God is working through other people that I work with or even my friends. Everyone that I sponsored um, brought so much to the table. Uh, I have them, um, it says in, in, in the big book, you know, when, you know, why don't you try your own, your, your own conception of God? 
So that's one of the assignments I have them do. Put write out your perfect re relationship. I know human power can really fill that. And so they develop that relationship from the very beginning. And um, it's a very, very powerful thing. I cannot force or make somebody do anything. All I can do is what how I was taught and learning from other people, other Zoom meetings and, you know, OA meetings and, and really uh, sharing that. It takes time. They're building a relationship. My relationship with God that I had 37 years ago in the a beverage program is not the God that I have today. It's much stronger. I can lean on him. I can talk to my God. may not get any answers like right away. The forcing solutions don't work. And, um, and the reason why I really, really know that since last December, I stopped counting at 100 people that I sponsored. And, and I definitely, you know, I, I hear from some of them, but this is a powerful, powerful disease, but also my God is very powerful. And when I submit to my higher powers, holy will, God will not let me overeat. My God will not let me overeat because that relationship has to be very, very strong. And abstinence is not the goal here. That's done step one. The food's down. The rest of it's about living and developing that relationship with God and with other people and God and steps 10, 11, 12. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Karen Kay. And Kathy J., you're up, followed by Vasa O. Kathy J., um, Recovery Compulsive Overeater in Illinois. Um, yeah, this is a great synopsis. Um, you know, I had to learn that it wasn't my program. It was the program. And with sponsees now, I just take them through the book. If they're not willing to do the work and read before, I learned just read when they call. Just say, okay, I'm going to read and just read. And one word at a time, one paragraph at a time, the book does the job. I don't do the job. I just facilitate it. And I just go along. But I do tell the truth. And if people get pissed, they get pissed off or they stop calling for a few days. But then they come back. Something triggers something about the truth that it gets in their head like it got in my head. And we ruin things for people with their food that, you know, you've heard. Well, the book carries them to step three and then to a better way of living and to a higher power who can tell them what to do. Now, today in my life, um, yeah, I, I, I don't push people. Um, I lead. I use the book to, to do the work, and that works. And then I do that myself every day with a regiment. Every day I get up. I pray first before I do anything else because my disease wakes up before I do. And then I talk, I go to a meeting, I talk to sponsees every single day, and I don't talk to all. Some are farther away than others. Some are further along than others. Um, But if I'm willing to tell the truth and then they tell me, you know, I just try humor. You know, if they they bristle, of course they bristle with a higher power. 
with the word God. I bristled at the word God. So it's identification, um, trying to put myself in their shoes, which I really, somebody said, I really can't, and that's true. I don't know what's in their head. I don't know what's in their heart. All I can do is, use, you know, is let them come to the conclusion of what's in their head and what's in their heart and let that come out and say, hey, you know what? If you're doing this and it's not working and you keep doing it, it's not going to work more. <laughs> so that's the truth. If it pisses you off, that's okay. That's all right. And then humor. Just laugh about it. Have you have you hung up on me lately? Maybe you should try hanging up on me. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Try to get them. You know. So anyway, that's that's what they did in the beginning. They they laughed at themselves to make it easier to take the uh, medicine. So I'm glad to be here. I need to be here. I love you guys. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Kathy J. And Vasa O, you're up. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Vasa, grateful. Recovered compulsive overeater calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And I was very interested when I came in the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous because I didn't want to die. I knew I was, I was killing myself with the food, but I didn't know what to do. And with everything that I did, it just did not work. It worked maybe for a little bit. And I did try everything in those 25 years that I was into the food addiction, but I could not do it. I could put the food down, maybe for, you know, for a little bit. And by the time I found Overeaters Anonymous, I just gave in to the food. I said, I surrendered to the food because there was nothing more I could try. And I'm so grateful that I was led into Overeaters Anonymous. And I found the solution What a gift, you know. My sponsor didn't have to convince me of anything. I took that. There's a questionnaire to take, you know, to decide if you are struggling, you know, compulsive overeat or whatever. If you answered some of those questions, then you are, well, I answered every one of them. And, yes, I did struggle with bulimia. I did struggle with anorexia. I struggled with volume. I struggled with all of it. And, yes. I'm so grateful that I heard it's a, it's a spiritual program. It's not a religious program. I, you know, I did have, a, you know, problems with God, you know, and I started using my higher power. And then later on, yeah, I turned out from a higher power to God gradually because I started trusting and relying on God, on a higher power, and I could see what God was doing for me that I couldn't do for myself. And... Um, I, you know, as I said, nobody could convince me. I knew from the core of my insight that, you know, I was a compulsive overeater, but I didn't know what to do about it. And I thank God they gave me the big book and followed the directions. But, of course, I came for the food at the beginning. I made 150% surrender to God, to my sponsor and the program. Yes, I am powerless, and I'm dying so please help me. So I, uh, and then, of course, that was the most important thing for me, to put the food down. And then what do I need to, what did I need to do not to go back to the food? Well, I needed to work the rest of the steps. And I still do. And it's by the grace of God, the, the food is gone. It has been gone, the obsession, for many, many years. 
and I went for my physical the other day. I'm not on any kind of medications, and the doctor says, everything looks great, keep doing what you're doing. Even when I go to my eye doctor, everything, you know, they say, keep doing what you're doing, and I'm 76 years old, and it's by the grace of God, higher power, whatever you want to call it, I love where I am today, and I do sponsor, and and I've been sponsored. And, you know, it is my program. Nobody forced me, and nobody's going to kick me from over, from the program. It's my choice, choice. It's my decision, and that's how I treat my sponsors, you know. It's here if you want it. If you don't want it, you know, I mean, I can share my experience, strength and hope, and it's up to them. They come, my sponsors, and they leave me. And I don't take it personally any longer. At the beginning, I said, oh, I must have said something wrong. Oh, they don't like me, whatever. No, it's it has to come from inside of us, you know. And I had the gift of desperation. And I'm grateful for the gift of desperation because I needed to do something, and I am doing, doing something about it. So it's a living program now. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vata O. And it looks like we have time for two or three more shares. And we're on page 95 on Carmel. the third paragraph. Oh. Go ahead, Carmel. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Sorry. Michelle G. Okay. Michelle G. One more, maybe. All right, we'll go with Carmela G and Michelle G. Carmela, please share with us. Thank you so much, Lisa. This is Carmela G., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from New York. Sponsoring. I've sponsored for quite a few years, and I've had quite a few, the gift of having quite a few fellas under my um, guidance to bring through this book that uh, has all of our directions in it. Uh, And it's within the last couple of years that I realized my sole role as a sponsor is to have my sponsees develop their relationship with their power. Um, I'm just the middleman, the guiding person that keeps them on the road. But the other thing that has come to mind as I get calls from not necessarily my own sponsees, but other young people who are in program, uh, who are being sponsored by other women and men, and I realize the impact that we have. And the one thing that I can reassure them, because sometimes their ego is hurt and they want to go out because they feel, what's the use? What's the use early on in program? Uh, And I tell them, remember one thing. Your sponsor, I am human. I may have eight years of recovery in my past, but today I am equal to you. I have one day. In the very beginning of our big book, we read about Bill and his ego. And the one thing in program we must remember, 
honesty and humility, and my ego must be smashed as a sponsor. I must remember that we are equal. There is no one less than or more than myself. And this is what I reiterate so that they do not feel that they are less than and, oh, she's doing this to punish me or he's doing this to punish me. No, we're equal and we're human. So we all do this in our own way, the way we learned it. And it's a gift provided we just follow the directions in the book and are guided by a power greater than ourselves. And that's been a wonderful guideline for me to follow as I sponsor. And thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you, Carmela G. And Michelle G., please share with us. Good morning. This is Michelle G. from Boston, recovered uh, compulsive eater bulimic. Um, So I usually try to feel out the person. Um, You know, by this time, you know, we've, the the paragraphs prior to this, we've felt them out and, and we've talked about ourselves, we've told our story and kind of hooked through the hook out there and, and they're interested and um, I usually feel them out you know um, I've worked with people that have learning disabilities um, I ask them if they read if they're readers if they have that interest and that curiosity then um, I mean the books are free that's beautiful um, I have plenty of books at my house um, if it's a face-to-face meeting um, with a person or um, you know you can yeah, they're just so easy to come by and and if they're not a reader, I I suggest um, the Audible version. Um, I can listen to the book, um, both books, the, the 12 and 12 and the big book, while I'm walking the dog. Um, so it's a it's really easy now to get a hold of the book. And then um, if they are interested in what they hear, oftentimes they'll they'll hear themselves in the pages or see themselves in the pages. Then that question at the end, which is, you know, if, if it's our, you know, if, if that's what my job is, is to help them get in touch with a power greater than themselves, um, you know, I pose the question to them and, um, and we talk about that. And if they're anything like me, I was an agnostic and I, the last thing I wanted was a connection to a higher power. I was just, you know, self-will run riot and um, the more I dig in, the better I do. Thank you very much. I'm, and um, but it had got me into the halls and it had failed me miserably. So we talk about that and we talk about agnosticism when we talk about um, you know like what they're open to to even hearing. And um, and so I I really put myself in a position of listening and being open to them. I, you know I I let them lead me in that sense. Um, yet um, I have the book um, and so I'm armed for this and. Um, and if they're not interested and they're really shut down and they're really closed, like contempt prior to investigation, like the book says, um, then, you know, I've done my part and I move on. Um, but they have my number and they hopefully are curious and they have a book now. And that's, uh, that's great. So um, that's kind of what I got out of this paragraph today. Thanks. I'll pass. Thank you, uh, Michelle G. And thank you to everyone who shared this morning. 
please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Friday, October 29th, 2021, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 18,000. That's 18000. We'll now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And Sam S., will you please read our uh, vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Sam, press star one. Oh, thanks, Beth. Sorry, Lisa. <laughs> oh, there book. you are. Thanks, Sam. Thank you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.